Welcome back to the Kicks and Picks podcast. Coach Steve here with Nick and Scotty. We, boys, we're on a run. It's got to be like four or five episodes in a row. Full crew assembled. Uh, another, we'll say non-losing week as we went 500, 5 and 5, but up just about a tenth of a unit. So uh, a positive week Winning on week. The, the, the sheet overall. Uh, you know, any positive is better than a negative at this point. Uh, that moves our season total to 118, 111, and 10. Just three tenths of a unit down. We are almost back to, to even money. And uh, 2024 has been good to us, 35, 19, and 5. And also this past week, we just wrapped up the Champions League here on Wednesday, 5 and 4 for the Champions League episode. So trending in the right direction still. Uh, obviously, we want to grow on that 5 and 5. We don't want to be at that 5 and 5 every week, but we'll take it better than losing week. So, guys, how you feeling after uh, you guys gave out some winners in the Champions League? And, Nick, you had a pretty good week uh, overall on the locks last weekend as well. Yeah, feeling good, man. You, you said it. We have not had a losing week in 2024. That is not a coincidence, like you said, that we've all been back together as a squad. So I think that goes hand in hand. Um, Champions League, like rough ending. Um, but uh, the caveat there is we made these picks like prior to last week's game. So um, today's games especially hit us hard because we there weren't really good lines out. We didn't really give picks out, but I, I don't want to say that we gave winners either. So we're, we're going to count those as losses, but. Um, feeling good. So shout out to us. And in our defense, the game that we got wrong today was a Portuguese team upsetting oh. Arsenal. And we are very open about the fact that we do not do well with Portuguese teams. Fact. So can't, can't take too much blame on that one. And that's say- otherwise pretty, pretty solid overall. I mean, usually we kick into gear with champions league. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the fact that it gives us more games to look at against decent competition. So you usually know where, where the, the top tier teams are, are going to be, you know, playing come weekend time. So uh, hopefully that, that trend continues. Yeah. And if, if you did listen to that, I, the, the other game, the Napoli Barca game, I think we didn't like really give out a pick. I, I tweeted one out today that I counted as a loss, but um, shout out Napoli for having a new manager as of like two days ago and having zero cards in a game against Barcelona. <laughs> I feel like that's like the miracle of the season. Like, Give them the Scudetto back to back because shout out them. <laughs> yeah, I have to say I didn't get to watch much of last week's Champions League matches because I was working, but I, I had some time off this week and I got to watch it. it. Is it me or is like they're not that exciting these round of sixteen matches? It's so everybody's playing so yeah. tight not to concede that like you don't get a lot of great attacking football. Like I, the domestic stuff on the weekend is so much more entertaining currently. I think my take on that, Scotty, I'd love to know if you agree. Is the Taking away the away goals rule has really just kind of yeah. flipped this competition on its head at this stage. And like nobody wants to, whether they're home or away, just nobody wants to be at a disadvantage. So I feel like teams aren't taking advantage of that home field just the same way that like the opposing teams aren't scared of it. I don't know. It's just a lot of unders. I think we had what, maybe two overs in eight games, if that. Yeah. And, and I think the other part of it too is like the draw was very you know, we didn't really get any exciting matchups. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we had like city and Copenhagen and, and, you know, Napoli versus Barcelona was probably the, one of the closer matchups that we would got where we, we got. And usually when you're, you know, a, a heavy underdog, you like to try to pack it in and at least, you know, try and make the second leg, uh, somewhere something can, you know, fluky can happen and you can advance on a, on a bounce that just goes your way. So I think that kind of also played into it. Like usually there's still like, one or two groups that'll have a, a solid team that sneaks in as like the second place, you know, qualifier. And that'll give you like a juicy matchup where you're like getting a city versus Bayern. Well, it would never be city, but it'd be like a, 
you know, Bayern versus Barcelona or some or Arsenal, Arsenal, Barcelona, yeah. um, something interesting teams. like that. Yeah, right. Um, but that just didn't happen this year. You know, we, we kind of got chalky matchups. And, you know, when we did our, our episode, Nick, we were just trying to find, you know, creative ways to get good value. Because if you're trying to just take one team, you know, money line or draw no bet, like there was really no value there. 100%. Yeah, I, I agree, too. I think Nick makes a great point. No away goals rule. It, it takes the onus off of scoring when you're on the road and you can pack it in in the first leg, especially if you're the underdog and just try to play for that. Go, you know, zero zero one one one, and and go to the, the you know the second leg at home, and then hopefully do better. Like, you know, Arsenal probably they lost one nothing today, but they probably don't feel too terrible about losing one nothing at Porto because they could go and you know win two nothing next leg at home, and then and they're fine, right? So I, I do think part of it plays into that. You know, City doesn't have to go all out and risk themselves too much at Copenhagen last week, and they give up a goal, and then they, they found a, a second. They got out of their two one, right, and that. That's that first leg. So like they're feeling good. I, I agree. I think, I think if if it was if did they get the yeah, they so. might have gotten the yeah. third. Um the away goal rule, I think it definitely added some drama. Some more drama to it. Yeah. Like you didn't want to give up that away goal if you were the home team first. And if you were the, the away team first, you're gonna go for that away goal because you know it's so much more valuable because even if you lose by a goal on the road, then you only need like a one-nothing win at home or something. Um and I, I could just say over the past couple of years, I've seen it too, watching Roma closely, like the way Jose Mourinho approached those matches in, in Europe, it was just pack it in, go to the Olympic, go try to win one, nothing. And then, and then you're through and, and it worked uh, pretty well for him, um, you know, winning a final, making another final. So I think it's kind of the same approach with some of these teams. Um, and I think Sky's right. When you have the uneven matchups like we've had, yeah. it, it definitely takes away from the overall match play. And then, you know, the on paper Barcelona Napoli looks so good on paper, the Diego Maradona matchup as, as you know, people like to call it when they play each other, but you know, you tend to forget yeah. Napoli won the Scudetto last year. They're in eighth place now, right? Yeah. And Barcelona is kind of like a, a a very mediocre third place for them for by their standards, right? So, like, on name value wasn't as good as what you got on on the pitch today. And I think the other thing that's important to know, I mean, in the second round, it, there's not as much of this, but, like, the money factor for some of these teams, just to get one win or get one result or mm-hmm. potentially even move on to the next round. Like it certainly means a lot more. I mean, Copenhagen's a bad example. They got washed, but means a lot more to them, to a Lazio, to a Porto, to a Napoli than it does a, a Real or a Man City. So um, you're seeing these teams just try to maximize whatever they can at this point. So it's, yeah. it's, it's been more chess than, than maybe we'd like to see at this point. Yeah. Good points. All right, let's move on to um, what we're looking at this weekend. Premier League has an almost full slate, and there are a couple matches that aren't being played. They're postponed because it's the Carabao Cup final weekend, Scotty. It features your club, Liverpool, against Chelsea. Uh, Take three, as you call it. It's a rematch of the 2022 final in the Carabao and FA Cups. Uh, The current odds for this one, Chelsea, plus 210 on the money line. Draw line, plus 275. Liverpool, plus 110. Uh, The over 2.5 is at minus 150, and the under 2.5 is at plus 115. Liverpool had a midweek match this week against Lutton Town. Won it. Um, what was it? Was it 4-1 Four in the one. end? Yep. Yeah. Um, Salah missed out. Um, Nunez missed out. Will they be back for the weekend? And how are you feeling overall about Liverpool's chances as the favorites in this one? Yeah, that kind of seems to be the theme for this matchup. Um, both Chelsea and Liverpool are arguably like the most injured side right now. And I, I take partial blame for that because I think two weeks ago we were talking about some of the um, you know, more mundane matchups that we witnessed the weekend before. And I said, it's probably because these teams, top tier teams are, are getting healthy. 
And right, as I said, that ours or Liverpool kind of go through their own mini, mini injury crisis. So um, it'll be interesting to see who gets healthy and, and, and who's ready. I think Nunez should be ready. You know, he was subbed off on the weekend at halftime. Klopp never really mentioned whether there was a specific injury concern or not. Um, and I think maybe not playing today was more of a precaution than anything. Salah just came back from injury this past weekend, but then, you know, Jota picked up an injury in like the 20th minute. So Salah had to play 70 minutes when I think they were probably hoping to only play him for 30. Um, so again, I don't think he played against Luton Town just as like a precaution. So my guess is at least one of those guys will be available, um, which means you'll have a attacking lineup of Diaz, Gakbo, and then insert Nunez or Salah. My guess is the other one will at least make the bench, um, whether or not he gets used. Uh, they'll make the bench because if it goes to extra time, like they have in, in the previous two matchups, um, you know, bringing someone on like that with, you know, only needing 15 minutes and being able to take penalties is, is a huge boost. So um, that would be my guess. As for how I think this is going to go, um, you know, look, I, we all know Chelsea struggles this season. Yeah, they had a great result against City on the weekend. I think that's, you know, huge for maybe their morale a bit. But a lot of their issues are still there. Um, you know, they're, they're still attacking, challenged um, defensively without Thiago Silva. You know, I think uh, you know, there's concerns, at least uh, as far as how well their back line will perform. Um, so I, I, I think I would lean towards Liverpool in this one. But for me, I think the curious part of this is like, is this a game that finishes in regulation, right? Do we see you know, Liverpool or potentially Chelsea win this in the first 90 minutes, or do we see this go to extra time or potentially penalties? Because there are odds for those, and um, maybe we can get into that a little bit, but I think that's probably where some of the, like, interesting long shot chances might be for this matchup. Not even that long. I, I, I like them. Uh, so, correct me if I'm wrong, the Carabao, which, um, by the way, we're still waiting for them to sponsor the podcast after two years. After learning... Second what, biggest energy drink in Thailand. You know, and we're the second biggest soccer betting podcast in Thailand, so we should get that sponsorship. Um, this is Chelsea's only chance of silverware. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, yeah, assuming they don't make some sort of incredible run to win the Premier League. Yeah, it's their only let's, chance of trophy Let's assume season. that that's not going to happen. So... <laughs> Um, I think I'm trying to make sense of the lines here. And I guess I said this last week when they were playing city and I gave them absolutely no chance. And of course, city laid the eggiest of all fucking eggs. Um, I'm trying to make a case for Chelsea. I think that it has to do a little bit with, like you said, maybe the fitness of Liverpool. Um, where's this taking place? Uh, Wembley. Oh, right. right, Okay. Neutral. So, um, Chelsea's only chance something. I mean, that's maybe they're they're kind of maybe sort of starting to resemble a little something under Poch. Maybe I don't even know if I could buy that as I'm saying it. But crazier things have happened. It's a final. Um, the odds are way fucking closer than I thought they would be. These should be much more in line with how Chelsea were an underdog last week to City. Pool is scoring way too many goals. It doesn't seem to matter who is starting. It doesn't seem to matter who's playing where. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I really don't know where to go with this one. I mean, I think, Scotty, you mentioned it, that the cool bets to make in this one are for a team to win in extra time or a team to win on penalties. And if I'm looking at those right now, Chelsea to win extra time is plus 1,500. Chelsea to win on penalties is plus 1,100. Pool extra time plus 1200 pool penalties plus 1100 bet all four of them. 
And if it goes to extra time, you just fucking, you know, you made uh, six units or seven units. I don't yeah. know. That, that seems to be, that's the way I would go. It's actually not a bad idea now that I hear it coming out of your mouth because, like, my favorite bet looking at the odds, I'm thinking Liverpool probably wins this match. I'm thinking plus 110 in, in, in regular time. It's not a bad bet at plus 110. But then as you put it that way, like, you could even put, you know, a full unit on Liverpool to win in 90 if you think they're going to win and then sprinkle a half unit each on those extra time ones and you're still making out pretty well if anybody goes to extra time or penalties. Uh, as long as Chelsea doesn't win in 90 minutes, you're making – probably some decent money there. Yeah. Um, I, I do think Liverpool is the better team. I think they've showed it all along. I think the only reason they don't have the odds that city had is just city's got that kind of name appeal at this point after the way they've, they've dominated England for so long. And they won the champions league last year, I think they get a little more respect on the books than, than Liverpool in a match like this. Um, and maybe the injuries play into it too, that Scotty was talking about, but I, you know, finals, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get a fluky goal here or, you know, Chelsea just really comes to play on the, the weekend and, and they can find a way to win. But, um, anytime I'm seeing Liverpool at plus money, I I, I like the uh, the number on them. I, I think they are the better team. Um, the over under is interesting because a lot of times in finals teams play tighter, like we talked about in the Champions League, the way we were just talking about. So the over two and a half to me at minus one fifty seems a little inflated. I don't know if maybe it'll be different in this one, but sometimes it's it's hard to find three goals in, in a in a one off final like this. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm like. Like this screams one. Maybe I just want it to be one one because I'm looking at flashy odds, but it, it kind of feels like a one one to me. Yeah, I mean, it, up until the the matchup against between these two clubs in in January, where Liverpool won four four to one, I think there'd been five straight draws. Yeah, one nothing. Oh, it was more than then, that, I think. Was it like eight and then or four something straight like that? zero zero draws? Yeah. It was something crazy. Um, so I think that's probably where. You know this this number is being so inflated from and the interesting part. Obviously, Liverpool with that big victory in, in January, Chelsea were missing uh, Christopher Nkunku and Kunku and Nicholas Jackson. The latter of which we kind of make fun of on this podcast for his finishing being maybe less than, but Nkunku for sure is has the ability. He hasn't quite you know fit into this side quite yet. He's had obviously a, his own injury issues to start the season, but um, he did make a sub appearance against City, and I think there's a sense that. Maybe Potch is kind of building towards giving him his his position back um, for the final. In which case, he'd probably have a pretty strong Chelsea side for at least their their front, you know, five or so players, right? You're probably going to have some combination of Sterling, who's been probably their best and most consistent forward this season, Connor Gallagher, who's been great, maybe one of their better players overall on the season, uh, in Kunku, um, somewhere in that either false nine or maybe they try to play him up top position, and then I would assume. Palmer would play on the wing. Um, not entirely sure, but Cole Palmer, again, underrated signing from City to start the season, but has arguably been one of their better finishers. So as far as the first four go for their forwards, that's as healthy as they've been all season and it's pretty decent for for Chelsea standards. Mm-hmm. And then they have their their midfo- midfield duo of, of Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez, who are 200 million pounds in you know, expenditure, haven't lived up to that price tag per se, but on their day are still very quality midfielders. And when you look at what Liverpool are going to have to offer, it's probably some combination of Alexis McAllister, um, Wataru Endo, and um, maybe Ryan Gravenberg. Um, you know, I don't think Sobo slides can be available for this one. So, you know, they're gonna have to roll with those three again, like they did against Luton town. And, you know, I'm not trying to, to, you know, badmouth those guys. I think Endo has had a, a great season for Liverpool considering how he's come in and, and McAllister was you know, probably the man of the match today against Luton town. Um, but it's not a, a tall, as tall of a task for for Chelsea to maybe dominate possession with that front five or so. 
um, considering, you know, what Liverpool will have to offer on, on their side. So I think it's going to come down to that. You know, Liverpool's defense should be relatively ready. You know, Robertson's been kind of playing back into form um, after coming off his shoulder injury. Van Dijk has been arguably the best he's been since he tore his ACL against Everton, you know, whatever, two and a half years ago. Um, and then Connor Bradley, who's been replacing Trent Alexander-Arnold, has been, you know, an absolute sensation for Liverpool. So Liverpool's defense should be good. You know, they're missing Allison, which sucks. You know, there's there's a certain level of calmness that you have when you have a, a keeper of his quality. Um, you know, you have a little bit more um, calmness about, you know, defensive errors or mistakes or one-on-ones because he somehow pulls those out, you know, time and time again. And plus his distribution was usually in the top 10%, I would say, of, of goalkeepers. So he can usually start his own counters pretty quickly. Um, so having him out, it's probably the biggest blow for Liverpool's defensive chances. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think... You know, like you said, Nick, you know, bringing it all back full circle, 1-1 one, one certainly seems like the most, pro- you know, probable outcome. If I had to pick a winner in regulation, I think it would be probably Liverpool just because, you know, uh, they've just been playing better for the last, you know, three or four months. And although Chelsea do look finally healthy now, we've said it before, hey, maybe they're starting to put it together in a potch and then they kind of lay an egg. Yeah. So. Um, you know, maybe that's me reverse, or maybe that's me jinxing my club for the first time and not actually tone for the reverse jinx. But that's, that's I mean, kind of also how, how big of a letdown after this game. It's tough to have a letdown, I guess, in a final. But I don't know. Did they extend, expend all their energy and skill against City, and now this is just going to be too much in back to back weeks? Well, the good news is they don't play midweek. You know, Liverpool yeah. had to play mid. You know, Liverpool were supposed to play Luton Town. You know, this weekend, but obviously they had to move it because you know next weekend they have Europa or next um, week they have FA Cup. The week after that they have Europa midweek, so they don't have the luxury that Chelsea has to move fixtures wherever they want. Yeah. So Chelsea will have a full week of rest. Um, you know, Liverpool will have to kind of you know rally, but. Um, yeah, maybe to your point, Nick, too. Like this is Chelsea's only chance at a trophy, and. You know, not for nothing. Liverpool have, a, you know, maybe their eyes on on a bigger prize right. with the league and, and potentially even Europa, um, also to consider. So that could be something where this is you know Chelsea's Super Bowl for the season, and you know Liverpool are, are would be nice to get a trophy just to make sure that Klopp gets one before one more before he leaves. But they certainly have two at least two other opportunities where they're going to be favorites, if not three. Yeah. All right. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, a lot of things to think about. A lot, definitely a lot of angles you can you can take betting this one. So uh, hit us in the comments with your favorite bets and let us know what you're thinking for this one. Can Chelsea pull the upset or is is pull the the betting favor for a reason? Will they get it done in in regular time, extra time penalties? Let us know. Uh, with that, we'll move on to Serie A. The big matchup this weekend is going to uh, be a head to head between third place Milan, fourth place Atalanta. Milan's on fifty two points. Atalanta on forty five with a match in hand. So a win for Adelante in this one can really get them within striking distance of top three, which would have been unthought of just probably a few weeks ago. They've been in a really good run of form. Yeah. Uh, just to give you the overall steady out table, because we, we talked about how tight it is um, all season. Inter running away now on 63 points uh, in first place. Juve second with 54. Milan 52. Uh, then, I, as I mentioned, Adelanta match in hand 45 points. Then it's Bologna also on 45. Roma on 41. Fiorentina on 38. Lazio, 27, uh, 37 points. They have a match in hand. Napoli, 36 points with a match in hand. And Torino, 10th on 36 points with a match in hand. Torino and Lazio actually go head-to-head tomorrow on Thursday. So one of those two teams could jump as high as 7th uh, heading into the weekend. Uh, if Torino gets the win, they could jump away from 10th to 7th, which would be something as they head to Rome on 
uh, Monday to face Roma. Uh, could be six for a seven if, if they get the job done. So things tightening up. Um, we've also got the, the big one, uh, Fiorentina Lazio on the weekend. That could almost be a de facto like elimination match in some ways in, in the race for a top four. But we're going to focus on this one in Milan. It's Atalanta and Milan. Betting lines on this one currently. Uh, right now, Milan on the money line plus 130. Atalanta plus 180. Draw line plus 240. Uh, value on the draw, no bets as well. Milan minus 140. Atalanta plus 105. And if you want to take Atalanta plus a quarter goal, one of Nick's favorite bets is minus 130. Both teams to score minus 170. Um, no surprises there probably for us as we watch a lot of Milan this year. Both teams to score no draw plus 135. Over 2.5 minus 135. Over 3 plus 125. Um, and they've met twice this season already, and it's been out a lot to two wins uh, head-to-head. They won in the Copa Italia 2-1 and 3-2 winners in the reverse fixture in Bergamo. Nick, how do you see this one playing out? Because Atalanta has been playing really well lately. They they enter a tough run of matches starting with this one, but, I mean, you look at their recent form line. If you're on Sofa score with these apps, it's all green. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've been really rattling off. A lot of wins. Um, I want to get the exact. It's at least form, five. I'll let you start. Yeah. Um, now the, the so I, I do have a play in this game as one of my locks. So I'll I'll save my heavy heavy thoughts. But here, but, so I'll give you the number before you go. Uh, seven straight wins, no losses in ten for Adelante. Yeah, I mean that's just a, an absolutely insane run of form. I mean, like you said, they're they're coming into a little bit of a tougher portion of the schedule. So we're really going to see what they're made of, but. How do you back a team? How do you not back a team that hasn't lost in ten? That that's one seven straight. And the thing that's impressed me a lot about Atalanta, we know they're going to score goals, right? I think they're the third or fourth top scoring team in the league. That's certainly not a surprise. But the surprising part to me is their defense. Uh, they've only given up twenty three goals. I mean, after Inter and Juve, I'm pretty sure that's that's third. So, um, yeah, really, really it's impressive. Really, really impressive. That that's not something I would have expected. Not that the defense always hasn't been adequate, but the fact that um, you know it's been a point of emphasis very clearly, and that you know for a team that plays so wide open and that has such an attacking threat, they really haven't had that issue on the back. So that's what's impressed me about this team. I think, um, man, that quarter goal spread is absolutely juicy. Minus one thirty, um, you know, walking away with some money, even if there's a draw. But certainly, could see them win this one outright. Uh, I wouldn't bet against it. I'll ask you guys the question as as the Serie A experts. Um, so obviously, we're we're looking at goals in this one. Nick just said, you know, Jovic picking up a red card against Monza the week before, so won't be available to that. Does that impact Milan's attack at all? Does that? cause any concerns or do we think that you know they can pick up with you know any combination of Pulisic and, and layout to kind of replace that so what I'll say is the the issue for me is that it's a lot of games for Giroud um in yeah. you know over the past three weeks so they played midweek to Ren last last week they did win that game three nothing so if he can get some rest I think that would be smart he did play obviously mm-hmm. last weekend so um if they don't rest Giroux, I definitely would be worried about where that goal scoring is going to come from. Yeah, good point. They also play that that Thursday midweek Europa League match, uh, the return fixture against Rennes, and this time they do have to travel, um, right? I believe they're in, in France for the second one. So 
Um, that presents a little bit of an issue for them having to to travel, of course. Um, and and I, I think with the three nothing lead, maybe they do make a couple changes there. But um, good point about Jovic. He has been coming off the bench a lot in the the league, but that takes away from your options off the bench in the league. And and where's that goal coming from? Uh, but two high scoring teams. I mean, Milan more than two and a half goals in eight out of nine. Atalanta more than two and a half in six out of seven. Um, both teams scoring in six out of eight for Milan, which is why that both teams to score number is probably so juicy at minus yeah. 170. Um, interesting one. And, and we, I, I mentioned this a lot with a lot of these big matchups. First team to score usually has an advantage a lot of the time. Um, Milan scored first in seven out of nine, Adelante in six out of six. So you consider Adelante on a seven match win streak in the last six of those wins, they've, they've scored first, right? And especially here on the road in Milan, I think first goal would be huge for Adelante. That gives them the best chance of winning. Um, it's gonna be hard for them, I think, to come from behind on the road um, in the San Siro. But I, I think if they get the first goal, uh, all bets are off for Milan because, like you mentioned, where they get are they getting two goals from? Right? Are they gonna get it from Giroud, who's been playing heavy minutes? Is it gonna be Pulisic? Is it gonna be Liao? Um, they're coming off a four-two loss against Monza, which was surprising. Um, cost us uh, Wait, uh, cost sh- me a money line. Shout out though, here. two goals scored down almost, a man. Almost, yeah. <laughs> Almost cost you a bet down a man after Jovic took that red. So it'll be interesting. I do think this will be a, um, an, an overtime match. So it's definitely take the over two and a half, over three. Um, I think even if you take the over three, you're at worst pushing this one. I, I don't see this one going under three yeah. goals. One thing I do want to shout out too before we go back to you, Scotty. I mean, Pulisic has been fucking awesome. Uh, he looked great last week down a man. I, I mean, for his first full season with the team, um, I think he's got like six goals and seven assists, six goals, five assists. I don't know. He's something he's did double digit goal contributions. And to have that, you know, in February where he hasn't started every single game, I think that's really, really impressive. Yeah. He was almost a hero too last weekend, right? Like yep. it was, it almost looked yeah. like he was going to steal or save the point for them before it kind of went awry two minutes later. Um, yeah. I mean, I, for me, Nick, like I was looking through, some of the the different lines because I don't want to steal anything from from your from your locks, but something that's interesting given the fact that we think goals galore in this one, you know, both team totals over one and a half are plus money. You know, over mm. one and a half for Milan is plus one ten, over one and a half for Atalanta is plus one thirty five. Um, you could pick one, or honestly, you could pick both. Yeah. Um, you know, both teams are super super capable of getting you know two three goals in a game. So, um, you know, take both if you hit both and you win big if you only hit one you're still gonna come away with plus money in, in some regards so um that's kind of what i would be looking at just as someone that you know appreciates the plus sign on, on some of my picks yeah i'm a little surprised they're both plus money honestly because when you see the both teams to score at minus 170 for them to expect neither team to be you know expecting a second goal is kind of surprising yeah. to me um to see that at minus 170 and i'll even go one further the shortest goal scorer is Giroud at plus 175 that's a fat number um take anybody else and they're plus 220 or better so interesting yeah. my guy lookman plus 220 yeah I'd, I'd even be curious to see uh goal goal or assist numbers when this gets closer because like you mentioned pool Nick, seven goals six assists and i think 21 starts so far this season in the league um not a bad option when you consider he's getting a goal or assist almost almost 50 percent over 50 percent of the time that he starts yeah man there's a lot of good value lines here if you, if you really think there's goals coming um you can get pretty creative 
you know, pretty fast here. I mean, both teams to score in, in you know, the first half is plus 255. Both teams to score in the second half is plus 165. I think that's probably where to go. Um, yeah. Got to figure that if if this game is close in, in any way, shape, or form, that both teams scoring in the second half is, is almost a, a lock. Um, so, yeah, there's there's certainly some some cool some cool value plays here if, if you want to get a little creative. It should be a fun game. Yeah. Um, do, so me as a Roma fan, personally, obviously, I want Milan to win because Atalanta is the, the team Roma has a better chance of catching in the, in the race for the top four. I, I, am I being jaded to think that Milan gets this done at home, Nick? Or do, or do you favor Milan in this one? Or, or do you think Atalanta really can uh, go on the road and get this done? Listen, uh, I've been on the Milan train pretty much all year. They were one of my longer shot picks to win the Scudetto. That's obviously not happening, but I, I think they've put together a solid year with a lot of new pieces. Um, they're, they're, Scotty called it. Their chances FC. They're in every game. They score a goal in just about every game. They score two goals in most games. Um, so at home, you know, they'll be feeling good after advancing. Very likely, I don't think they're going to give up four goals to, to Ren. They might, but let's hope they don't do that. You can't, it's a toss up game for me. It really is. And and like I said, just the form that Adelante is in, you have to bet them. I don't think it's, it's wise to bet against them on a seven game winning streak and on a 10 game unbeaten streak. I like Adelante plus a quarter of a goal. That would be my pick on the, if I was taking the side here, but this has all the makings of what should be a good game. Yeah. And I, I don't hate Scott's angle of both, um, betting both sides to get over one and a half goals. I think, I think you hit one of those at least. I, I really do um, looking at this. And then if you do like that, you probably like the over two and a half or over three, and you might have some value in the totals in this one. It is hard to pick a winner in my opinion, um, because Adelante has been such great form. If Adelante was in like, you know, so, so form heading into this one, I'm taking Milan all day at home, but yep. Adelante, the way they've been playing, like you mentioned that you can't bet against them straight up. It's very difficult to do that when teams unbeaten in 10, uh, and winners of seven straight and, and really climbing the league table and putting pressure on the Bolognese of Romas and, and the rest of the teams below them in the world in that push for fourth, for sure. Yeah. All right. I think that brings us to our locks of the week. Um, coming off that five and five week, guys, Scotty's going to kick us off in the Premier League. So what do you got, Scotty? Yeah, I got uh, my first one. I'm going to go back to my little favorite parlay. Um, I found one that is... A surefire lock. Uh, I'm taking the other two clubs in the title race in the Premier League, Arsenal and Man City, money line uh, against their prospective proponent or opponents, Newcastle for Arsenal and Burnmouth for City. Um, you know, Arsenal right now they're flying. I mean, they just lost to Porto, but before that, I think they had won games like 6-0, 5-0, 4-0 um, leading up to this. So um, their offense has, has certainly gelled. We know that their defense has really been their calling card all season long. I think they have the league's best defense right now. Um, and at home, they've been, you know, really, really strong. They've beaten Man City and Liverpool both at home already this season. On the flip side, Newcastle's away form has long been discussed on this podcast. They're just really not that great. Um, they're having a little bit of a resurgence in the last couple of di- or weeks, um, but haven't been the greatest form over the last two months and overall. So I think Arsenal have a pretty easy uh, win at home against Newcastle this weekend. City, on the other hand, we know that they've been struggling a little bit um you know, barely got by um Brentford barely got past Brentford um on the, and on Tuesday one nothing um so there maybe there's a little bit of a concern about them playing at Burnmouth but you know I I just don't see Chelsea dropping points on on, on back-to-back weekends I think uh you know 
much of their play, poor play, has been down to a, a pretty lackluster attack. Um, obviously, just the one goal in each of those two matches. I think Holland comes out with a bit of a vengeance. He's certainly healthy now, um, just trying to play back into form. And you know, when you have De Bruyne on your side, eventually the goals will come. So I think they get it back on track this weekend. You know, take the parlay at minus one ten, and it should be a, a virtual lock as far as I'm concerned. All right. I'm going to the Bundesliga a couple times today. I'm going to start with my first one, and it is RB Leipzig plus a goal at Bayern Munich, which is minus 135 right now. Bayern's a mess. Uh, we've talked about it. It was announced that Thomas Tuchel would be out as manager at the end of the season, but he's staying on as a lame duck coach the rest of the way. Uh, they've lost three straight, including a shocker to Bochum last weekend. Uh, meanwhile, Leipzig has gone four straight unbeaten. Shocker to Lazio as well, yeah, Coach. I mean, we're we gonna we're we gonna talk yeah, about yeah. that one. Well, yeah, the, yeah okay. the Lazio one too. Okay, Bo- Bochum was even more of a shocker. Um, wait, I think they conceded three and three. Yeah, they did. Loss, but three yeah, two. but losing losing to Lazio one nothing without a shot on target in the Champions League the midweek before that. Um, that was all started. All this was kind of like precipitated by that loss to Leverkusen, which kind of really gave Leverkusen the, the leg up in the title race, and now. They face a Leipzig side who's fifth and, and need, need points to get into that top four for the Champions League return next year. Uh, and Leipzig's got four straight unbeaten head-to-head against Bayern, which I was surprised to see while I was doing my research for this one. I think at worst, they keep this one close on the road uh, in Bavaria. Uh, and I think they have a really good chance of getting the, the draw and cashing you at minus 135. Yeah, I love it. I just, um, I'll be upset once they're even more pissed off for the return leg with Lazio. So, yeah. <laughs> Is what it is. That I kind of help you with, my friend, but uh, I think they they are ripe for the picking for Leipzig. Oh, no question. You have to fade them at this point. So love it. Love when coach worldwide goes worldwide. Um, I'm not doing that. I'm actually in Italy for all of my picks because the Serie A picks have been hot. Take Napoli. I, I mentioned it. I gave them a little bit of a shout-out at the beginning of the episode that they just fired their coach now on, now on their third coach of the season. Uh, the guy just started this week. He's also the head coach of the Slovakian national team. So doing double duty, trying to figure out what the hell Napoli is doing. But fortunately, they are traveling to Cagliari. They're minus 125 in the money line. I think, um, you know, it, it, this is a spot they have to win. This is absolutely a must-win game. New manager. Team is healthy. OC men's back. Champions League behind them. They don't have to sweat that for a few weeks. Cagliari... It, They've just been getting bounced by absolutely everybody. So I think minus 125 is just a little too good. Napoli should take care of business. The first nice thing we've said about Napoli. Well, I guess we kind of gave them a little bit of credit for not getting yellow cards at the top of the podcast. Oh, but incredible. Other than that, this is, a, this is actually a glowing podcast for Napoli in our, in our, uh, our world. Yeah, it is. All right, I will go on to my next lock, second lock of the weekend. I'm taking Manchester Moneyline and over one and a half versus Fulham. Um, United right now are on fire. Uh, maybe outside of Arsenal, team that is in most form in the league. Uh, winners of five straight, all five of those games going over two and a half. So the goals should certainly be there. Fulham, we know, are, are you know, more than capable of scoring themselves. But, um, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm really shocked if, if, if United drop points at Fulham at home this weekend, Fulham have just one road win all season long, which is way back August 12th against Everton. Um, so their, their road form has been extremely bad, probably worse than Newcastle's. Um, and even recently they've conceded 16 goals in their last six away matches. So I think, uh, United get a comfortable win at home, continue their run. And then, uh, we'll see where that, that gets them. Cause I think there's a Manchester Derby coming up in the not so distant future. Does Anthony have a goal right. yet? 
No. No, I don't even know if he plays. Yeah. <laughs> All right. As promised, I'm going back to the Bundesliga for my second pick of the weekend. It is Werder Bremen and over one and a half goals versus Darmstadt at even money. Bremen enters this one in fine form, having won four or five in the league, and they're four, one, and one since the 2024 restart. Uh, conversely, Darmstadt remains winless in their last 16 and sit bottom of the table. They did beat Bremen back in October 4-2 when they won their first Bundesliga match of the season. They won back-to-back matches after that one and then haven't won since. They're only two wins of the season. I like Bremen to score multiple goals and again, um, yet again, but this time take care of business instead of losing. Uh, on the, you know, I think they take care of it at home. Nick, at what point do we change Coach's name from Coach Worldwide to just Coach Bundesliga? Yeah, no, has to, it's not really Worldwide anymore. He is stuck in Germany. Yeah. He's just he's thriving. To that point, you know, you know, I I I watch it casually once in a while just because it's on, you know, and then I have bets there. But like, I find value where I don't find value in the other leagues. Yeah. Sometimes I, mm-hmm. I just I just feel like it's there. And uh, you know, the Stuttgart one last week we sweated mm-hmm. out, but the, the value was there on our 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 pod lock. It, it's just there. Yeah, that another game where we, we won with a red card? Didn't, didn't uh, they pick we up a We won goal? with Stuttgart having a red, and yeah. they had to win the match after it was it yeah. was leveled by uh, Darms out of all teams. 1-1, they got the winner. Or they went up 2-0, and Darms out got a garbage goal. But two of those yeah. goals happened with a red card. So we, so got, we survived two picks with red cards yeah, last week. I was going to yeah. say, unreal. Now, the, the impressive thing about what you're doing in Bundesliga coaches, you're getting winners without having to take like over three and a half. Because usually, like at this yeah. point in the season, you got to hope for a four-goal game, and that's yeah. the way I used to bet the league. But um, we're evolving here, so well done. Um, I'm taking our featured game. I probably should have started off with it, but I, I think you guys probably know where I'm going. It's over two and a half. It's minus one thirty-five. Chances FC meets Chances FC Junior. Did give Atalanta credit for their defense, but Milan. Should have a lot of the ball. Should create a lot of chances. Um, th- the fact of the matter is, at minus one thirty-five, this line is just incorrect. Um, you know, we've already seen two overs between both of these teams this year. Um, you know, to me, this is a minus one sixty, minus one fifty-five that we're getting at minus one thirty-five. So I would be very, very shocked if we didn't see two one. You guys talked about it. Team totals are in play. Goal scorers are in play. This should be pretty straightforward. What concern do you have that this might be a trap line, Nick? Uh, exhaustion, maybe, for Milan. Um, uh, you know, Manjan has a great game. I, I don't know. I, it, always okay. possible, but the the both teams independently guess- have been good for us this season for overs, and both teams, when they played each other, have been good for overs. So I, I think since the line is so playable for what it is, I, I just have to take it. I think that's just yeah, telling no, I like it. based off the two different seasons you and I have had in capping games because I see that and I agree with you. I think the line should be like 160, 165. And so when I see the books put at minus 135, I immediately don't trust it. So there's something up because I have not won when I have these initial gut reactions. You've been winning. So I guess your initial reaction is, hey, this is a great find. I'm taking it. So Yeah, and it, I guess the the other thing is it's a bet I'm okay with losing like i'm not okay with losing i don't want to lose we're giving out picks if people are listening and they're taking these picks i certainly don't want to lose but like it's it's a place where i'm okay putting my money like if it doesn't come through and it's a 1-0 game okay uh you know still seemed like the right play at the time all right yeah i I saw this and like i said in in the 
the match preview. I like the overs. If you hadn't taken this one, this was one of the first things that jumped off the page of me today when I was yeah. looking for pictures, happened to get to it first. I would have definitely taken the over two and a half here as well at minus 135. All right. Well, I'll close out the week. Um, I'm going to take another bet that Nick would feel okay losing, and that's because yes. it's a corners over. Oh, yeah. Um, Brighton over 6.5 corners versus Everton is plus 105. At home right now, Brighton are averaging 7.25 corners per match. So they're getting them in bunches. On the same side of the coin, we got Everton conceding a shit ton of corners uh, away. Dice ball is in full effect. And on the road, Everton are conceding 6.75 corners per match. So you got two uh, two sides all trending over that 6.5 number. Not only that, but in the last three matches, Everton have actually really started to, like, you know, double down on dice ball. Um, they've conceded seven, nine, and 15 corners to their opponent in their last three road matches. So really just trying to like, you know, cluster in the box, deflect shots and um, try and get on a counter every once in a while, but fully expect Brighton at home to, to be on the front foot for most of this. Um, I'd be surprised if they don't get like four or five in the first half alone. Um, so even though I, I don't usually take corners, that's Nick's thing. I, I, I couldn't turn away from this one. Um, uh, my thoughts on this game are I, I like Brighton on the money line. I think that's really playable. And then I, I saw yeah. you take this pick and I'm like, yeah, corners could be the way to go because Everton's fighting for their life and Brighton have been kind of inconsistent, but I wouldn't be mad if anybody took Brighton on the money line. And number two, if anybody hasn't seen it, we have updated the official tracker for Everton star signing Beto, who cannot <laughs> promise goals, but can promise hard work. Well, he has now worked hard 15 times with one goal. You know, I could work hard. Uh, you know, that, that that was my best asset on the pitch in my my, hey, my listen, rec league career, you know. We very can't, we can't but promise winning hard, bricks, so. but we're working hard. <laughs> under promise, over deliver, Nick. That's that's the motto. Yeah. It makes you just look so much better, right, when you under, under promise and over deliver. All right. So I'm going back to my boys yet again. I've gone to them four times since Zerosi's taken over. Uh, only time I didn't go to them was when they were playing Inter for good reason. I'm going to Roma money line against Torino, minus 115. Uh, Roma's four and one in five league matches under Zerosi with the only loss coming against Inter. The Jalarosi do play in the Europa League Thursday, but both of these matches are home where Roma is particularly strong with their only two home lo- league losses coming against the two Milan sides. I like the strong home form to continue. Torino is tough. Like I said, they could be up to seventh. They beat Lazio up tomorrow, which is Thursday when this pod drops. Um, but I just like what they've been doing under De Rossi. They've been trying to attack. Torino defends well. I think it's going to be a very interesting tactical match. But I think it'll test De Rossi's tactics a bit. Um, you know, obviously, mentality-wise, we'll see how they come out of Thursday against Feyenoord at home. Um, but I'm riding him again. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it. When they keep getting numbers like this at home, I just have to keep going to it. Yeah, I didn't look at the line, but I mean, Roma's kind of been a wagon for us, right? They're, they're, they're hitting, they're winning games. The team total, which has typically been over one and a half, has been money. I, I know I can tell you, I personally, I think I hit it like four out of five or four out of four games yeah. I took it. I think I bet it four out of the five games he's been in charge. Um, but Torino, man, yeah, they're... Even, they're had it, even hit it against Inter, so... Yeah, um, man, they're... Torino, like, I think this could start to be the downfall of Torino. I think they've overplayed to this point. I mean, they're always pretty solid on defense. They're always good for an under, but I think this is where the rubber meets the road. They got a tough stretch in front of them. So, like, to me, this is – I like your pick. I think if Roma wins games like this, like, they they beat some pretty bad teams, right? If they could start beating the Torinos and above – um, 
man, Dodossi is setting himself up really nicely to stick around. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I don't think the, I don't think he has to finish top four to stick around. I think you're right. I think it has to be winning matches like this, win a couple of those head to heads against the teams they're competing with directly, and and see where the chips fall. But I think he is doing himself a lot of favors yeah. so far. And the thing about finishing fourth, I mean, you, you, listen, you're already in a hole, and it's not so much right. about the points. Like you don't have to make up that many points theoretically, but you got to jump like four teams. That's teams. tough. Yeah, that that's the teams. the hard part. So yeah. interesting to see what happens. Um, I'm going to go to another team that has been good to us, and it's probably the most unexpected team of Serie A, and that is newly promoted Genoa. Taking on Udinese, I like both teams to score at even money. Genoa have hit both teams to score in eight of their last 10 games. That is insane. That is a lot of goals for a newly promoted team. We know Udinese, they are the draw kings, so that means for this game, they will need to get at least one goal. I think Genoa have the advantage. I could definitely see both teams scoring. And this also could be a decent cards match. The line's not out yet. And I mean, take it with a grain of salt. I was very wrong on Napoli today, but I feel like this is a game that can see five, six, seven cards because it should be, uh, you know, a little bit rough in the middle of the park. One one exact score is plus three seventy. That this game feels like a one one, right? And that's like man, that, incredibly that's such low. Such a Udinese score line, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Such a Udinese score line. Um, I actually like Genoa on the money line when I saw him, and then then I thought about it, and then I was like, you know what? I don't trust that they're going to win this match. I could definitely, if it was, if draw no bet was more like the one thirty one forty range, that would have been our. I, I would have been push, pushing that for podlock all day long, but I was like minus one seventy. But um, yeah, I could definitely see both teams score. I could definitely see a scoring draw here. Um, it just feels like that with Udinese so often in, in Genoa. So definitely something to keep an eye on there. <clears throat> Our pod lock, which now has moved to 15, 7, and 2 on the season, plus 6.2 units, thanks to the aforementioned Stuttgart uh, goal flurry at the end of that match to get us to the Stuttgart and over 2.5 last weekend. We are going to Spain this weekend, and it is Atletico Madrid money line at Almira, minus 140. Madrid are coming off that one nothing loss to enter the Champions League, a match where they didn't even manage a shot on target. They head to last place, Almira, last place in La Liga. No wins in the La Liga season for them. Uh, there's no way they can't bounce back here and be taken seriously. Like, if you don't bounce back here, there's no way uh, you can head into the second league of the Champions League or anything else in the, in the league season, I think, feeling anywhere good about yourself if you're Madrid. And, and that's why we're taking them at minus 140. Well said. Keep the run going. Yeah. No. Hey, sixty-five percent on the pod lock. I mean, we and that's that was with like a two or three week losing streak. So, pod lock is looking good. Yeah. So that'll wrap up this episode. Nick, tell everybody where they can find us. Absolutely. Obviously, you guys are listening on your favorite pod platform, or you are watching us on YouTube. Either way, you can do both. Appreciate any likes and subscribes you have there. We are doing work on Patreon, uh, so if you like the content, if you're looking for bonus bets, uh, a couple of extra episodes, written stuff, Patreon is the place at happyhoursports.net. Scotty especially has been leading the charge there with his Premier League write-ups. Um, so any of those places, appreciate your support. Please like, share, subscribe. Most importantly, um, let us know what you're taking. If you if you like the bets, if you have bets of your own, if you hate us uh if you think we're, we sound stupid let us know on twitter whatever it is we, we appreciate the interaction and always looking to have some fun 